What's going on, guys? So in this episode, I'm going to go over who my MVP is for the 2020 season. I'm going to go over who my Offensive Player of the Year is. I'm going to go over who my Defensive Player of the Year is and also Comeback Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. So get ready because I'm starting with MVP and a lot of you, and I mean a lot of you, are not going to like this at all. But I can't be dishonest. The truth about uh, who I think the MVP of this season is going to be, and it's a lot of these, a lot of my picks in this uh, in this whole thing are are not necessarily going to be the most conventional, but they are going to be the guys that I actually think are going to win each award. So, um, so so be it. So here we go. MVP is going to be Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, that's not. Like that's either going to be perceived as a very mainstream, like oh you're overreacting and you know falsely inflating the nostalgia that is Tom Brady um, going to a new team, or it's going to be. And let me just explain it to you because a lot of uh, the misconception going around between where I see it because I have watched a lot of Brady's film from last season. I was I did it in preparation. I was going to make a, a YouTube video on it about how he has not actually physically declined much if at all um i ended up getting busy with some other stuff and kind of putting that off to the side but let me just explain my reasoning here before you get all angry okay so the season before if we're going to go way back brady has a very long career of course like what 20 years now of playing so we're going to go back to the 2006 season why well because that was the year before he got randy moss and the 2006 season, I don't think anybody would argue that in the 2006 season, Tom Brady was quote unquote washed, as so many of you have said. So in the 2006 season, Brady completed 61.8% of his passes, 3,529 yards, 6.8 pass uh, yards per attempt, which is not very good. He had 24 touchdowns and 12 picks. So that's very similar to what we saw from him last year in a lot of ways, very similar yards per attempt. Um, I think he had a little bit more yards last year. He had a higher completion percentage last year, but that was pretty much his same touchdown to interceptions, give or take. So point is that was Brady in 2006. The very next year was the first season he played with Randy Moss and he had Wes Welker and all those guys, that whole offense. And what did he do then? Well, he threw, 50 touchdowns to eight interceptions. And what did they do over the first two years that he, the only two years that he had those guys, because he, the, the following year, he, it was the year that he got hurt, but the two years that he played with Moss and Welker, Tom Brady completed 67% of his passes. He averaged 4,600 yards per season. He had, he had about, he had 4,398 one year and then 4,806 the other year. Uh, he averaged eight yards per attempt. He had 78 touchdowns to 21 picks. And like I said, he won the MVP in a 16-0 season in a year where he threw 50 touchdowns and just eight interceptions. So um, I don't think anybody was calling him washed in 2006. And I think everybody's calling him washed now. We'll just see how how much of a difference having Chris Godwin Mike Evans, O.J. Howard, Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette now, uh, a, an improved offensive line. Let's let's see how much of a difference that makes because I am of the belief that this is 
going to be at least the second best supporting cast offensively, at least, that Tom Brady has ever had. And when you look at what they have in Tampa Bay on the defensive side of the ball, well, I, here, here's the thing. It, it, stacks, it all stacks up so favorably toward a highly statistical productive season for Tom Brady. And as I was doing this project this morning, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, why was I not higher on Brady in fantasy? Because I really believe that his ceiling is 40 plus touchdown passes, you know, and he's probably always good for another two or three quarterback sneak touchdown runs. So um, when I just look at it and I see the fit that, that is Tom Brady in the Bruce Arians offense with a slot receiver like Chris Godwin. I just, I get pretty optimistic and it's hard to, to not be because he's going to have more time to throw than he did last year. That much I promise you. So if you didn't think he was good last year, part, I say this a lot, but a lot of the best plays Tom Brady made last year, a lot of his very best plays were throwaways. And it was because it was through his fourth progression or fifth progression, and he had to take a step to the side or backwards or frontwards, it you know several times, and because he knew where the rush was coming from, he was onto his fourth or even fifth read, and it was only he only had that long to throw because of how well he moved within the pocket. Again, not a guy that's going to run around, of course, but the way he moves in the pocket is unlike, I mean, there, there hasn't been anybody that I've seen do it as well as he has, and he's only getting better at it. So some of his best plays last year went down as incomplete passes and may not, some of them may not have even been technically considered a quote-unquote throwaway because it would be like his fourth read, and then he would throw it at their feet because they weren't open, and he knew they weren't open, but he knew that that was the only place he could throw the ball away while still being inside the pocket and also make it to where it wasn't an interception. Like, So some of the things he was doing last year, when you really watched the tape of it and you saw no one open and you saw what he was able to do and how intelligent he was and so how crisp his cognitive function is in the pocket and then how well he's able to mirror that with what he can do in terms of just manipulating the pocket and taking just a couple steps here and a couple steps there. Um, he's not going to have that option, uh, that, that problem this year. Mike Evans is going to get open or you just throw it to Mike because he's six, five two forty, and he'll jump over you and run past you. Um, you know, Chris Godwin's going to separate from the slot. Gronk is there, you know, OJ Howard is there. Like it's, even though, even though I'm not going to expect a huge statistical season in terms of volume from either Gronk or O.J. Howard, it's just the point is those guys are there. Leonard Fournette caught like 76 passes last year, was targeted 100 times. You know, we ha like they have a lot of options in uh, Tampa Bay, and they have a better offensive line than what he had in New England last year. And that's not to say that like when we look at this year, we're going to be thinking – that maybe we're like, we're going to be thinking, man, Cam Newton is doing better than Brady did with those weapons. Well, yeah, that's because Cam will be able to extend plays and defenses are going to have to play them differently with Cam there. So there's more context to that. Okay. I love Cam. And I think Cam is, you'll see he's on this list today as well. So, you know, there's nothing, I'm not going anywhere in that. I'm not, I'm not going to bad mouth Cam, but what I'm saying is Tom Brady 
what with what he can and can't do physically was not going to be able to put up certain he had limitations in that Patriots offense last year and guess what so would Drew Brees so would Peyton Manning and uh any stationary pocket passer <clears throat> because if guys aren't open and you can't run around I'm sorry but there's really not much else you can do so Tom Brady in my opinion is going to throw 40 touchdowns and I think the Bucs are going to be really tough to beat because, oh, that's what I was getting at earlier. I forgot to mention. So when we look at the way the Tampa Bay defense is built, they were the best run defense in the NFL last year, either first or second best. So games are probably going to take a long time because they're going to be good against the pass this year as well. They're going to force a lot of incompletions because they're going to get consistent pressure on the quarterback, especially with how much they like to blitz. So, it's going to extend games and we know Bruce Arians wants to throw the ball and we know he wants to put up points and, and push the ball down the field. So I think that with all the potential incomplete passes, they're going to be thrown against the bucks with a very limited rushing attack against the bucks. I think it's going to just create more offensive opportunities for Tom Brady. And with, with the fact that Tom Brady is going to throw, I don't even think he'll throw 10 interceptions like Jameis threw 30 last year. So all those things considered, I think this offense is just going to be a very, very um, consistent unit. I don't think it's going to have, you know, those games where they only score 10 points. Like I think it's going to be a 24, you know, 21 points minimum uh, every week. And I think a lot, a lot of weeks they're going to score more than 30. I think that, yeah, I just think everything stacks up really favorably, and especially if they can get a run game going even a little bit with Leonard Fournette or, or Ronald Jones, whichever one, um, they're going to be scary. So I think they're going to win 11-plus games, and I think uh, if they if they win more than that, Tom Brady will likely be the MVP, and I think that's very, very possible. So moving on, I all right, Offensive Player of the Year. Now this one's really going to screw with people's heads because – it's not going to be someone from what I from what I think will be a very good team this year. Although they could surprise, they're young. They just drafted Joe Burrow, but the offensive player of the year, in my opinion, is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's ceiling, and this I'm just going to keep this very simple. Joe Mixon's ceiling is nearly identical to what we saw from Todd Gurley in the 2017-2018 seasons. In that time, Gurley racked up nearly 4,000 yards from scrimmage and 40 touchdowns. What's the, what's the similarity? Well, they're both about the same size, and they both have similar skill sets of true three-down back, like guys that can catch 60, 70 passes in a season. Joe Mixon's already caught 45, I believe, and, and that was kind of his high, but that's just because they, they normally put Giovanni Bernard in for a lot of those plays. Well, Joe Mixon just got paid. The Bengals, I've been saying this all offseason, are going to emphasize the run for one reason, because Zach Taylor saw what happens with his team when they actually emphasize the run and give Joe Mixon the ball last year. Over the final nine games, he finally started giving Mixon 20-plus touches per game, and Mixon went off. Um, so he's going to be even more likely to do that for the entire season this year because they just drafted a very precious uh, commodity of a top-pick quarterback in Joe Burrow. Similarly to what they did when he was in L.A. with the Rams. They drafted Jared Goff, number one overall. Uh, well, he came with McVay and them, but the point remains, when McVay got there, Zach Taylor was the quarterback's coach, and he got to see how Sean McVay 
was able to ease in a young quarterback by supporting him with the running game because he had a true bell cow back. And it's going to be it, they run the same offense as the that, that's the McVay playbook there. So Joe Mixon is every bit as talented as Todd Gurley. And if this offense can take the pressure off Joe Burrow, they're going to do so by giving the ball to Joe Mixon. And if they do that, and they do it consistently, and they do it from with the same type of success that we saw with the Rams, well, um, I see a very big year for Joe Mixon. They have all the reason now to, to want to run him into the ground because, look, they, they're paying him, and they're paying him while they have a quarterback on the rookie contract. So it's perfect. Like, they don't have to worry because by the time they pay Burrow, well, then they'll have the option of extending Mixon, but they don't have any – Mixon's guaranteed money will be long gone by that point. So um, from a skill set standpoint, I think Joe Mixon is at least as talented as prime Gurley. I really do. He can make the first and second guy miss, and he, and he actually has the ability to hit the home run just like Gurley. Like this offense is the exact same scheme as that Rams offense. They have very similar to maybe even better if A.J. Green comes back to him, his normal self uh, in terms of talent on the outside or overall at the receiver positions and Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, uh, John Ross, and T. Higgins as a rookie. So this offense, in my opinion, could be a very, very good unit, even, even early on in, in uh, Joe Burrow's career. So if Joe Burrow comes in, and he's ready to and he's ready to compete at at a decently high level as a rookie. Well, they're going to score a lot of points. Game flow is going to be on their side, but like I said, they're going to throw to Mixon. So I think this is a Mixon is in a prime situation to really jump onto the scene, and I think that would make this contract he just signed look like a bargain if he puts up a season like Gurley had in those back to back years. So, um, so yeah, offensive player of the year in my opinion, Joe Mixon. Defensive player of the year is going to be T.J. Watt. So T.J. Watt has played three years in the NFL. Over the last two years, he has 27 and a half sacks, 13 and 14 and a half last year. He had 14 forced fumbles in that time, 11 passes defended, including eight last year. We all remember how many passes defended J.J. Watt had. Um, so it just feels to me very, very similar to what I, what I felt when J.J. Watt was on his rise and entering his prime. What happens if T.J. Watt takes the next step? The next step for him is 20 sacks. You know, the next step for him is 12 passes defended. You know what I mean? I mean, this guy is going to be, he could be, he could get close to double-digit forced fumbles. Like, he, the dude is a freak. I don't think anybody saw this coming from him. Um, the Steelers took him in the first round, and that, was perceived by some as a reach, believe it or not. All I know is when I watch this guy, he's a very, he's a talented, talented player, very talented, but here's the, the kicker for him. He's got a ton of talent around him. I mean, all over the defense. So he like is in a perfect situation to burst on the scene for a 20 plus uh, sack season. My honorable mention for defensive player of the year is Chandler Jones because I think that defense is going to be somewhat improved. Um, so it will either be, in my opinion, TJ Watt or Chandler Jones. But I, I'm heavily leaning toward TJ Watt because of the talent around him. 
All right, comeback player of the year. I give you a spoiler on this. It's going to be Cam Newton, man. Um, I'm not convinced we've seen Cam's best pure quarterbacking from the pocket yet in his career. 2018 was by far his most efficient passing season as he completed 68% of his passes. Previously, he had never completed completed even 62%. So um, I think Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick will put him in position to succeed, and I think he, unlike Tom Brady, because of his ability to extend the play, I think he can get the most out of this receiving core. I think Nikhil Harry, if Nikhil Harry is ready to actually be a quality number two receiver even, I know they drafted him in the first round. You would expect him to be the number one eventually, but if he's if he's ready to be the number two behind Edelman, well, they're going to be a much improved, actually, skill unit overall. I think Sonny Michelle will actually have a big year. I think the Patriots are going to really be determined to run the ball consistently early and often. I think Cam will still be able to run, and he still can run. I think um, – Cam Newton's going to have a big year, man. He's He is so motivated. And Bill Belichick, if you notice at first, wasn't really saying much about Cam. He was just like, yeah, he'll come in here and compete. And after a, mo- a month later, if you just fast forward a month later, Belichick's like, no one stays, no one works harder than Cam. No one is a better teammate. No one is a better leader. You know, he's just like, he's so, so, so complimentary of Cam Newton. And I did a podcast on this. I'm going to go back and listen to it. Um, I said this was going to happen. I also said that we were going to see a different side of Bill Belichick's personality because of what Cam Newton brings because he's just such a fun-loving and such a great leader in the locker room, and his personality is contagious. It's going to bring a goofy side of Bill Belichick that we've never seen before, and I, I stand by that, and I expect that to happen. But more importantly, on the football field, Cam Newton is going to be all business, and he is. I think he's going to have – 30 touchdown passes this year and at least five or six touchdown runs. I mean, he like, let's just say at least 25 to 30 touchdown passes and then another five to seven on the ground. So he's going to have a big year. And I think the Patriots win 10 or 11 games. So Cam Newton. um, Yeah, he's that guy. Come back player of the year. Okay. Rookie of the year on offense is going to be JK Dobbins. Yes. Not a quarterback, even though, uh, it could be Joe Burrow, especially if Mixon has that kind of year. But I think that for Bengals to get a player like that in each of these categories, it's going to take wins. And I'm not quite sure they're ready for that. But I do think the Baltimore Ravens are. And I think J.K. Dobbins is in an absolutely perfect scheme for his skill set. He is extremely talented. Uh, talented. Baltimore is going to lead the league in rushing. Like they're going to lead the league in at least in rushing attempts. And I, and I do expect Lamar's rushing attempt total to at least dip a little bit. Right. I think JK Dobbins may not start off the season as the leading rusher on the team, but I think he'll finish the season as their leading rusher. And I think that he, I mean, this guy also can catch the ball. Nobody talks about that enough. He, he is absolutely has the ability to catch passes consistently. He has the skill set of a true three down back. And Mark Ingram is 30 now, I believe. So look out for sort of a passing of the torch as the season goes on. If the Ravens win 12 games again and this guy's their leading rusher, I mean, that's that's going to equal rookie of the year, especially because I think he'll catch more passes than most people think. So, all right, defensive rookie of the year is going to be Chase Young. Yep, I know, not very um, exciting in terms of – unpredictability here but look guys he's in a perfect situation they have a nice trio of 
defensive interior defensive linemen that are going to make his life much easier to get they'll probably create one-on-ones for him especially early on in the season and he's an elite talent the uh i think the expectations are going to be unfairly high to chase young in terms of like if he gets 10 sacks it'll be almost disappointing unless the redskins win a lot more games than we're expecting them to because if he if he gets you know nine or ten sacks we're gonna be like and they only win five games no one's really it, like nick boza was exciting last year because they were winning a lot of games like where they start nine and oh so that's the only my only concern about him is i think he's definitely most certainly gonna have a good year to great year as a rookie because he's in a perfect situation with ron rivera the uh, Jack Del Rio, I think that's that is you couldn't lay down lay out a more perfect situation for Chase Young. Uh, my only concern for him is that they don't win a lot of games and nobody's really talking about him because that's possible. Sort of like Josh Allen with the Jaguars last year. I mean, he pretty much put up almost an identical stat line to to Nick Boza in every category, but and then he even had more. He had more sacks than Boza as well. But nobody, you don't really hear much about him because they were a bad team and they were in Jacksonville. So, uh, so yeah, Chase Young. That's my only concern for him. I think he is definitely going to be rookie defensive rookie of the year caliber in terms of what he brings every week on the football field. And yeah, I think he's that guy. So, uh, if we're gonna do real quick off the top of my head, if we're gonna do coach of the year. I'm going to give it to either Bruce Arians or Bill Belichick. And how fitting would it be? How fitting would it be to see a Tom Brady versus the Patriots Super Bowl in Tampa Bay? Whoa. I had that thought the other day. I was just, just, uh, somebody said that about how, you know, the, the Buccaneers have a chance to be the first team to play the Super Bowl in their stadium or whatever. And it's just like, how perfect would it be to have Cam Newton on one side of the field with Bill Belichick coming into Tampa Bay and Tom Brady trying to make history to be the first guy, the first team to ever win the Super Bowl and even play in the Super Bowl on their own home field stadium. That would be awesome. Um, Would not surprise me either because if the Patriots defense can, can match or come, not necessarily statistically match what they were last year, but if they can be, if they can improve, uh, I mean, uh, sustain the elite level linebacker play, even without elite level linebackers at this point, but just kind of, if they can, if they can get that similar to that kind of production, just based on how they're scheming them, I think the Patriots are going to be very much in the thick of it. And I think that teams are not going to want to play them in January, February. So um, anyways, guys, I appreciate you listening. Um, hit me up in the DMs at FairShakeFB on Twitter, at FairShakeFootball on Instagram if you need anything. And I, as I've said, I'm not charging any money this year for fantasy advice. But if you if you sign up for the Patreon, you will. Um, that would be very much appreciated. But you will also get access to my phone number so you can just text me if I'm not able to respond to all the DMs in a timely manner for you. You can just text me and and ask, you know, and I'll I'll always respond to the text relatively quick. So um, anyways, I appreciate you guys very much for listening. Uh, Give this a share if you feel like it, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.